So imagine the perplexed look on the face of the typical commercial loan officer at your local bank when hearing the business plan for a new local access network gaming center. You know, gaming. Yes, Ryan Senecal has created the first of its kind around these parts, tapping into what really is a massive market of gamers and gamers who have the desire to connect and to compete and to be a part of a wider community. And yes, by the way, Ryan did find a banker who finally did get the concept and gave him the money he needed to get started. I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Ryan. He's the owner of Boosted Lounge, social gaming in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. All right, Ryan Senecal, what was the first video game that you remember? What was the one that, because I remember a few, there was like RBI Baseball back in the day. We're all obsessed with that. Yeah. Um, NHL 95. That was a really good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember that one, but uh, what, what was the one that, that that hooked you back in the day? Um, I don't know. I've, I've been playing games for as long as I can remember. Uh, I remember my mom got us a Nintendo back in the day. She was like addicted to Dr. Mario. Uh, I remember playing Super Mario 3. Um, and then I would say that it was like the family's system, but I think the first ever my system was the Sega Genesis. Uh, I remember Sonic and Golden Axe. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with North County, but- um, Pretty familiar. So in Williamstown, there was a roller skating rink. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. Oh, I had. When did they close that thing? I right? don't know, but I had several birthday parties there and they had a Golden Axe arcade cabinet and it was, I thought it was the coolest thing and I would go play that. Um, I wasn't too good at skating, but like they had a little tiny little arcade, but like I remember a lot of good times there and I think that's kind of where it started and uh Sega Genesis and stuff like that I went to it was Kmart back in the day I remember my friend Dave Fields and me we went and we we went in together and got a Sega Genesis uh and and that was and that was the game I think it was the you know it was the the baseball game and then the NHL 95 and by the way NHL 95 if your guy had an amazing um like what, what kind of shot was it? it was like a, a a turnaround shot you were unstoppable like yeah. the, you know those kinds of things so you score like 100 goals in a game or something like that but that was always fun was that <laughs> did they have uh the they set up the station the, the back the backhand the backhand that's what it was oh i don't i don't i don't think so I do think you remember just, that i don't no. know if they still do it but i remember when the mall was the mall back in the day uh hills was there and I spent an entire day, I would go to, they had like a little tiny food service thing and I got the nachos and cheese. And then I would go to their video game section and play. I think PlayStation had just come out and it was like some thrasher, terrible skateboarding game. But like I did that for like a whole day. It was awesome. And so people are asking you, so like if they're like, oh, you want a business loan to start this boosted lounge? Yeah. What is the point here? All these kids, they're just playing video games in their house. And so you're you're telling the story right now. You went to Hills back in the day yeah. and you loved going to that place and actually playing. And when I see a lot of players uh, playing and they have their headsets on, it's a very social situation. Yeah, it's I mean, it's evolved because Video games first came out, they were new, they were interesting, and 
they were all single player games for the most part and then they developed multiplayer games and then you're like oh now i want to play with people and then arcades came up with arcade cabinets and stuff like that so you can go play i remember dance dance revolution was big at one point in time and then the internet happened and then you can now play with people and you don't even need to go to the arcade anymore so that kind of killed arcades right but right. in the same vein the internet is also the reason for the resurgence of these land centers. Um, I mean, it's new to this area, but there's the the company GG Leap that we work with that is like the platform that everything runs on. They help run like 500 of these across the United States. And there's, you know, hundreds more, you know, abroad. So it's, it's not new. It's, it is certainly since the rise of esports become something that is, is more commonplace. And I'm certain we're going to see more of these, in the area um not first <laughs> but you're first you're first on, on the ground floor there and so esports so you said something really key and i if you listen to you know people who are seemingly ahead of the curve and, and ahead of the trends uh, people have bought into these esports even leagues and um yep. you know and, and, and fortnite was original uh, was one of the original sort of league games i don't know i don't know much about this as you can tell yeah but uh but there, but there's a thing here so tell me about esports and and why this is a thing yeah so esports is essentially just uh it can be any game as long as you have a like hyper competitive scene around it so there's there's been plenty of games that you're like it doesn't seem like a sport that how is that an esport that just become them so uh there's ones that make a lot of sense like uh 5v5 tactical shooters and you're like oh, okay so two teams fit against each other there's a winner you go through rounds whatever you're like that kind of makes sense in a competitive thought but now it's it's gotten to the point where there's a game called farming simulator and you literally <laughs> drive tractors around you plant seeds and stuff and there is now a competitive scene for those games like as long as there is people that would like to compete in a certain game then it can it can become an esport. So um, the biggest ones right now are League of Legends, which is like the biggest game on the planet. Fortnite is huge. Um, Counter Strike, Valorant, stuff like that. There's there's you know the best part is there's different genres. So baseball is just baseball. It'll always be just baseball. But like we have so many different other varieties mm. of baseball or whatever it is. And so you have this. Uh, so what is that popular one that? The, the super popular one league of legends league of legends so so what are, what are people playing what are they actually doing in league of legends okay so league of legends is that they coined the term moba um i i can't even remember i just i call it moba so many times i just forgot what it actually means uh multiplayer online battle arena nailed it um so <laughs> Uh, basically what that is, it's, uh, it's a top down thing and you have a map and there's two bases and there's three different lanes. And essentially your team of five is trying to destroy the base of the other team of five. And they're trying to defend the base of their team of five. So it's, it's a push and pull back and forth who can, you know, position themselves better when team fights and stuff like that become the winner of the game. So when it comes down to it, so if you're in a team of five, is the expectation that, um, you know, you're a boosted, hey, we're all going to go down there and meet and we're going to play together like the team of five or maybe two of the five are there or, you know, what what is how does that work? Right. So there's I mean, there's a, a lot of different dynamics that could go on. Um, I saw 
just the other day um that apex legends is another big game it's where people team up and they go do a battle rail much like fortnite um and you know the battle one of, royale yeah exactly so it's the battle royale because uh, it's so probably different in every game, right? But hundred people drop onto a map and only one survives. <laughs> uh, it's like Hunger Games, right. but it's a video game, and uh, they do it in teams of two, teams of three, or just solo. Um, and uh, one of my regular customers is was there, and then um, you know a kid came in. He's new. He doesn't really know much about the place. He's checking it out for the first time. And he noticed that he was playing Apex and he's right away. It's just like, hey, you want to join me in a game of Apex? So like making connections immediately when he came in, I've seen that several times over already. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to see people form teams and work together or, you know, eventually what we're looking to do um, long term is to create leagues where, uh, you know, we have five, six teams. And they're all competing against each other through a, you know, a 10 week league and there's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like when it comes down to it, we want to have human interaction, you know, ultimately. And so like it's it's kind of contrary to think, OK, well, we have this game that you can be anywhere and you can play anywhere around the world and play it. Um, but there's something to that to be able to be in the same room with someone or have people human beings actually watching you play or you know you're next to each other like tell me about that dynamic and and how and how that works and how it has worked in the model because again you you opened what march 18th yep. so you're brand spanking new but this is not a new model right and uh, uh, i mean the booster lounge has a little twist on on the land center um we're slightly more focused on uh spectators and and being able to view stuff so esports i'm sure you've heard of twitch before i have um so twitch <laughs> tv um you know. i love i love how you're taking me through like just in case you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know this giant <laughs> thing that's enormous <laughs> have you heard of it um yeah so i mean twitch tv is, is enormous and there's millions of people watching uh league of legends uh so the biggest game on the planet their world finals last year had more viewership than the Super Bowl. So That's awesome. Like spectating these esports is a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you hear it all the time. Like, why would I watch somebody play a video game? Like you're watching people play football instead of playing football. Like, I don't understand what the difference is, but, um, but you watch people playing football, you know, yeah, people, people watch people play football. Right. So why can't I watch people play a game? Right, like, exactly. It doesn't make any, <laughs> it's the same exact thing. And, uh, and it's highly competitive. So I, I could imagine. So if this hypothetical, um, if there was a really great player in Fortnite and that person happened to be from Berkshire County, you know, that would be a big, big deal. I mean, the you won't read it in the newspaper necessarily. Well, one day you may. But um, but like, you know, there's a whole nother layer. And I think a lot of my listeners probably aren't aware of this. But all you have to do is kind of get under the, um, you know, under the layer, you know, one or two layers, and you'll see this, that the numbers are are massive. So I think, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I had a friend, um, you know, he's a head of a insurance company uh, around here. And we were just at uh, Little League tryouts the other day. And, and uh, you know, we were talking about the podcast. And he's like, hey, 
my son, he he does uh, YouTube videos uh, with you know playing Fortnite. Um, you know that's a thing, and so and my and my son was excited to hear that because I think a lot of them, I don't know if they if they know, but like it it is very mainstream. Oh yeah, it is very mainstream. And I mean to that point, like that really good player at Fortnite, his name's Tifu. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of them, but like if you went on Twitch and you looked for Tifu stream and you saw him playing Fortnite, like. I don't even think you need to play it ever to be impressed by what you're going to see. Cause it, it's like, so like crazy, all the stuff that's going on that all the thoughts that must be going in his head as he's playing through this game. It's just really impressive. And now imagine you actually play Fortnite. Now you're trying to pick up tips like, Oh, I should do this. I should do that. So like, that's, that's why a lot of these pros get popular is because, you know, they, they're, you know, learning tools for, for new players. And we have at the lounge, one of our TVs by the bar has uh, a TV for local talent. So oh, we're cool. streaming Pittsfield streamers uh, whenever they're on. And we got about 15 in our Discord right now that stream. And, you know, they come on, we'll, we'll throw them up on the TV, give them some little promotion, uh, help build the community around them. Um, additionally, you know, you're talking about you know, kids and, and growing up and this is a real thing and could be something else. I would look to, or I am looking to work with Wakona and Pittsfield high school uh, to help them develop esports leagues. Um, I've gotten several of their students that are excited about the prospects of such a thing. Uh, there's a company called play versus that kind of has a monopoly on the whole high school esports scene in Massachusetts and the two big games I do right now are rocket league and league of legends. Mm. So I'm going to work with them to see if we can get them on board to start in the fall and they'll have a team. And essentially uh, what that means is like, there's 49 rocket league teams, high schools around Massachusetts that they'd be competing against. And that's another thing about online games compared to like traditional sports is there's usually like a radius because the bus only goes so far, <laughs> but like you can play people entirely across the state, like easily. And uh, like they have tournaments that if you win the tournament, you get a scholarship to college. Like these are real things. And there's plenty of colleges that have scholarships for video games. Um, there's collegiate teams. I know BCC already has two esports teams itself. Nice, nice. So, um, like, there's futures for for this sort of thing. It's not just a hobby anymore. Yeah, and I feel as though uh, that's kind of the element that's really cool because you know when the banker is sitting there, oh, tell me about your business model. How does this work? You know that whole thing. But it goes it goes beyond this sort of idea of oh well, um, you know someone goes in and pays eight dollars an hour to to play video games. So it, it goes way beyond that it's a you're building a community right you're building this uh thing and i would I, and we were talking before i kind of liken it sort of to like the berkshire running center in a way um and i know two, two totally different things right. but but that's what you're talking about the real value in what you're creating isn't just the fact that you have vr equipment or tvs and, and all that it's about building something that goes beyond uh just one person playing uh a video game right anyone can play a game at home i hope they still do play games at home except this is where you go to socialize and build community and camaraderie with all the people that have similar interests to you um, you know our computers they're good they're not you know crazy specs i'm not going to bore you with that sort of stuff but like 
um it's it they're just there to to further the narrative of building a community mm. of gamers berkshire county I do hope that you are enjoying the podcast. I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that this is a production of 180 Media. That's my full service communications and marketing agency. We do a full range of content development, graphic design, web development for WordPress or Wix or other web platforms, copywriting, video work. We'll do the big high-end corporate video work with full production, or we'll also do more simple and quick, consistent video content to help you stay in front of your audience on social media and elsewhere. We'll help you develop your short and long-term marketing plans, and I can actually even coach you to nail that next presentation. And I'll also help make that PowerPoint presentation of yours a thing of beauty. Check out 180media.com and see also some of my past work and the agency's past work on my blog, johncroll.info. And now back to the podcast. Tell me about yourself a little bit. I mean, we talked about how you were first inspired with video games way back in the day, but you are from North County, North Adams or North Adams. Adams. Uh, And uh, so tell me about your childhood. Wow. That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, So I, I went to jury high school um, and you know, I've, I've always been steeped in the gaming compu- community. I had, you know, the Xbox, all the systems growing up, and it was like one of my biggest hobbies growing up. Um, I went to UMass Amherst for college, and like any student, I was desperate to find what I was supposed to do with my life. <laughs> and uh, I got a job at raising funds uh, at the annual fund at, at UMass Amherst, and I latched onto that. I was good at that. and um, Raising money. Yeah, like development, like development. That, that's, what yeah. the, that's what the fancy people call I called people on the phone, and I not said, so fancy people just say raising money. Like yeah. you were able to get people to give you money. That's pretty. That's a good. That's a good skill to have. Yeah, some people called us solicitors. <laughs> didn't like us very much, but um, you know, I, I just went into that, and I did that. I did development for you know 10, 12 years, and. Then I found myself in a position, you know, with, with COVID hitting and everything like that, where, you know, I, I didn't know where I was going to go and I had an opportunity to pursue a dream. I remember when I was a child, there was a place that opened up that is akin to what I, what I opened up called uh, the Mana Bar and it opened up in Australia and they had all these drinks that were like named after video games and there was like health potion and, you know, whatever. <laughs> And they had, you know, TVs on the wall and they played games. Um, it wasn't exactly the same as what I put together, but it it certainly was like the seed for what eventually became Boosted Lounge. I was like, that's the coolest thing. I wish it, there was something like that around here. Never happened. But the opportunity for me to establish something like that around here came up and I took it. So tell me how that opportunity arose. So you... Uh, did you find yourself unemployed during the yeah, uh, I, uh, pandemic? Okay. Uh, right around the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself unemployed and I was at a crossroads really. I, you know, I was good at what I did. I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to continue doing that. And then um, I called one of my old coworkers at UMass Amherst and he's like, well, I own a, a furniture store now. And I'm like, well, that's a, like a, <laughs> 
<laughs> hard right turn. I don't know how that happened. But Wait, you know, he did development too. He or? did development. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was, uh, you know, we worked as a team uh, to run the phone program at UMass Amherst for a while. And he's like, yeah, I own a furniture store now. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then he was like, well, do you have any interest in, in setting up a furniture store in your area? <laughs> and you're like, I'm like, well, not really, because uh, I don't know too much about furniture. I also don't find it terribly exciting. But um, but like it it just opened my eyes to the the possibility that I, I could do something like that. Um, it wasn't even on my radar until I had that conversation with him. And uh, in many ways, like he's the reason why this is all happening. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was certainly eye opening. And I, I was like, well, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. I don't have any kids. You know, I, I don't have, uh, you know, a house and a mortgage with with stuff to pay for. Like I'm as free as I'm ever going to be to do something like this. So uh, two years later, we opened up. <laughs> And uh, now, has your friend from the furniture store has he come into Boosted? Not yet. Not he's yet. Uh, he's um, still out in the Amherst area. Um, I did see him recently, though. Uh, we're both big into disc golf now, um, and I saw him at a tournament. And I'm hopefully going to play a couple of rounds with him this summer. Nice. So, where do you play uh, disc golf? Because I know we used to have that. Uh, I don't know if it's still a functioning disc golf course. Curvin Park at Curvin Park. Okay, so Curvin Park. <laughs> We're going down a rabbit hole yeah. now. <laughs> uh, last summer, I uh, a group of us got yeah. together and we talked to someone from the city about getting a grant to renovate Curvin Park, and we're still in the running for some money for for that and we're hoping that it comes because through. it's not the most expensive endeavor it's, i mean it certainly we're isn't talking, we're not talking a real golf course yeah. it's just like some like the the poles and the yeah and, and the, tee pads uh it's a tee pad so uh i mean essentially you know where you tee off similar to golf but okay um you know a concrete slab <laughs> that you can stand on and and throw from um, cause you know, it gets rocky, it gets icy, it gets muddy. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to have a concrete slab. Um, but yeah, I love Curvin park. Um, it's, it's not the, the nicest, it's not the hardest <laughs> it's, but it is, it's, it's like, feels like home because yeah. it was one of the first courses that we played, but there's one in North Adams at Windsor Lake. Oh, okay, and, cool. Uh, that's great. And there's a ton of them around here. Um, and we did a bunch of tournaments last year. And this is our sophomore year. Nice, nice, and, and none in the town of Adams. I, oh, I don't know why. In my head, I'm like, you know, the old Greylock Glen. That's a good location. Yeah, there. I don't know you of know. any in Adams. Yeah, you know, they used to have a golf course there, didn't they? I don't know. I sounds like a great candidate for a sounds new like a good course. candidate for the expansion of, of disc, disc golf. golf. <laughs> Another up and coming thing. So um, th there, there you go. So you're into the, what well, I guess you would call the unorthodox uh, sports, as it were. Because I, I played soccer growing up. You played soccer, I mean, yeah. I mean, growing up, you did the normal sports, right? Yeah. So, and then I, I found out that you know uh, I wasn't as good at soccer as I'd like to be, and so at the tender age of 16, 15, maybe I decided to pick up my when I get old sport. And then I started playing tennis and I was like, I'm going to be so set when I get old and I'll play tennis, <laughs> it was tennis or golf. I picked tennis and then, I got a 50 year plan. <laughs> yeah. I was going to be the best senior citizen at tennis that we had. But, um, 
you know, I played that for a while and then somewhere along the line, my buddy's just like, let's go play disc golf. And I was like, all right. And we tried it out and we both fell in love real quick. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So it's another uh, great sport. Uh, yep. Let's, let's do it. So when we get that uh, grant and get some more slabs out there at uh, Curvin Park, we'll definitely have to push that as well. We'll have to push that as well. So, um, so you grew up, you played soccer, you played soccer, you went to Drury, um, you went to UMass, you found your career there in development. Um, where did you work for in, was it for UMass or? I worked uh with UMass for almost 10 years. And then I worked at MCLA for three and change. Okay. Okay. And then um, tell me about how the business, this actually the nuts and bolts, finding a location, uh, finding some, you know, financing to make it work. Uh, and I assume like we had this conversation convincing some bankers yeah. that, uh, that it was uh, worthwhile of the investment, you know, take me through to, through that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really tough. I've, I've never started a business before. Um, I, you know, had a degree in business administration. I just got my MBA. Um, and still it was very scary, especially going it alone, trying to figure out how to navigate this whole thing. So, uh, step one, I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought, um, business plan for dummies. <laughs> and I was like, I need a business plan. It was tremendously helpful and uh i got the whole thing put together and uh the one the one thing that was also very helpful that was a service from the city is oh my god i don't know remember the name keith gerard is he's from the mass small business development center network yes yeah so i, I had that I, emblazoned in my skull so uh, a little shout out to keith there yeah <laughs> I, I had many a meeting with keith gerard and uh he was also very helpful um, specifically with navigating um, just the local business stuff. So like business plan for dummies says one thing, but it doesn't know the bankers around Berkshire <laughs> County. Keith Gerard knows what they're looking for and knows yeah. what they want. So he helped me kind of evolve my business plan into something more palatable for them. Um, and then I had to secure funds, so I had to make sure that, you know, everyone I under that understood, uh, you know, how this was going to be a thing, why it was a thing, how it was going to make money. And there's uh, no offense to the bankers around here. There is not a lot of youth in, in, in that scene. And so you wouldn't say, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, they just didn't, they didn't understand. They just, and, um, <laughs> I mean, it was, I felt I found it very unfortunate that like I understand that like you don't get it, but it's also like this could be a great avenue. You just you just don't you're not there yet. So um, I eventually did find a few people that um, had more of an understanding of it, and uh, you know, one person in particular was you know very supportive and uh, you know agreed to. Uh, alone and from securing the funds there I had to find a place and I worked um, I originally wanted to go on North Street um, and I was looking for like a complimentary business and uh, the original location was going to be under the beacon mm -hmm. and uh, 
I felt like that was a, you know, most movie theaters have little arcades. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, they had like a, a space below it. Um, it was, it, the space was bare. It was, you know, it, it was, is, it still is. Yes, <laughs> it still is. And it, you know, it's a concrete floor and there's, that's it. There's nothing else to it except it's a concrete floor. Um, and you know, there, there would have been significant investment on their end to get that place ready to, to lease out. Um, and it, it just turned out to be not something that they wanted to move ahead with at that time. So then I had to find another place and, you know, it, it just was a blessing in disguise that I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Call it fake, call it whatever. But um, I eventually just was, you know, desperate to find something else. And I found Allendale Shopping Center had a space. It was a small 1600 square foot space. And I looked at it. I was like, I could probably make this work. Um, the only thing is the electric isn't there um, because, you know, 36 computers, you need to have sufficient electricity yeah, upgrade that yeah and it would have cost you know 60 70 thousand dollars just to get the electric in that space okay and then um the landlord said well, what about this other space and i had told him what i was looking for originally i'm <laughs> like, like <laughs> i'm like 1500 square feet would be would be great and he's like well i got this space that's 4800 square feet <laughs> i'm like oh my god that's like insane i was like the, the you know the cojones on this guy to just be like upsell me from 1500 to 4800 square feet just like that and uh but he he was he was very right he uh he said like you have all these issues you got to find electric you got to find this that and the other the only issue with that space was just the size and the cost of the space itself. So it went from many issues to just one simple issue that, you know, if we can deal with it or find a solution to it, then we're good. Um, and it was Hair Express. Um, I don't know if you were familiar with that space. There was probably a pretty solid voltage as far as electricity there before yeah. before you got there. So and you're talking about how how <laughs> you know some of your viewers might not be familiar with some things. I'm not familiar with any sort of hair salon <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, hair salon, what do you mean? Like, how can they have the electricity needed for such a thing? <laughs> and then I learned about blow dryers and they're insane. They are crazy. <laughs> they draw so much electricity. And I honestly don't know if I could have found a better place. It was all set up because the hair salons have stations, <laughs> each station. I'm putting stations and there's plenty if, of electricity. Listen, if you ever go into franchising for boosted, then you know, your target I'm location, specifically looking at salons. Absolutely. You just, just salons. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So it was sometimes things align. They did know, uh, several times through this entire process. I would say things aligned and uh, just kind of came together um, and super thankful for it. But, you know, the salon's great. Um, the whole place looks really good um, and we're up and running. So couldn't ask for more. Who are you seeing come in there? Uh, you, you, you gave that anecdotal story about how, you know, the, the kid, I presumably, you know, younger kid just yep. walked in and all of a sudden had an instant connection uh, to someone else there through that game. Um, you know, what, you know, what are you seeing anecdotally, you know, day over day uh, since again, you've not even been open a month 
but you know, what is that vibe in there? Yeah, it's um, I'm seeing all ages really. Um, if if you bring an under 13 in, uh, then they need parental supervision, <laughs> and uh, we've seen a fair share of those. Um, and I'm trying to. Of course, the dads want to play too. I've, so. Oh, so we have this this one dad that comes in with his Got son. Away, kid, my turn. His son jumps on Fortnite, destroys everybody, and then the dad sits on the couch and he's playing on a Nintendo Switch. He's playing Super Smash Brothers. So I mean, they're they're fine. Um, but um, I've had several instances already where you know a mother comes in with her child, their child's playing games, and you know she's uh, you know on her phone desperately waiting for the time to be up because we've got esports on, you know, they don't really care about that. So I'm trying to accommodate those folks. Uh, we have another room where I'm putting a couch and like Hulu up. So it's like you go in here and then you can still see your children from here playing games. And like the parents room is, is what we're going to call it. But, um, I'm trying to accommodate everybody here. So, so, so there is this this ancillary business that goes along with it. It's kind of like, I mean, in a way, um, you know, it's like when kids, I mean, you can drop your kids off to Little League practice, but here parents, they want to stay and, and be there. They have to. Well, actually. yeah, under 13. They've, they've got to. So now it's like, do we create an ancillary business? I know you tried to get a cafe and I'm not even going to bring that up, but I just, <laughs> um, you know, so the, the city was a, a pain in the neck uh, on that. So you're not really doing the whole cafe thing, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are looking to hopefully uh, put in our beer and wine seasonal application on Monday, fingers crossed. And so hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll be able to offer that to uh, parents, which might make things a little easier on them. Uh, but yeah, we also offer uh, snacks and beverages. And like I said, we'll, anything that we can put in our parents' room to just make things, you know, a little easier. So it's, it's fun for both of them, and they both want to go. <laughs> is is the whole point? Fun for the whole family. Yeah, exactly. Fun for the whole family. That is, you know, it's it's interesting because this dynamic has never really existed in Berkshire County at all. It does a lot of other places. I just want to reiterate that. Um, and so, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel, right? But you are in a process of literally training people. Just kind of like you know, my I'm, I'm doing a podcast, and most of my listeners aren't used to going into an app, you know, going onto a podcast and listening to it. Like I'm going through that. You're going through a similar process. Exactly. Uh, like this is, this is how things work. You know, yes, kids can play video games at home, but they can come here and you can eventually have a, a cocktail <laughs> or at least a beer uh, and wine potentially and, and just chill out. And so, um, so that's going to take a little bit of time for people to kind of, um, have that sink in yeah so i mean that's why we're doing the the discord nights so you know they they get in the discord they see that there's a discord night coming up and it's you know free gaming for anyone who's in the discord on whatever the night is and it's more about training them on on why you would even come into a place like this and like what the value of the experience is so, I mean, just people are used to playing games at home, especially after the pandemic. They're used to just staying <laughs> home. So if I can get them out and just get them to understand, you know, the value that we bring as is bringing people together as a community, then I think we'll we'll do fine. We'll have yeah. And I think and as far and I like the inner school uh, competitive aspect. So, you know, if schools can put together teams for like uh, 
as, as uh, what is it called? As schools match wits or whatever, you know, those kinds of games. Is that what it's called? You know, they do the, the quiz games yep. and all that. If they can do that, I'm sure they can find a few kids to be a part of these, uh, you know, video game competitors. I found them. <laughs> I already found them. Uh, like, <laughs> I had, uh, you know, five kids from Wakona yesterday in the spot. They were so excited about, about the place. I told them my plans about helping establish a team for Wakona. And, you know, they're all about it. So, like, and I don't want to type kids because I think normally as people just kind of look at it and if they're not into gaming, um, they may look at it and say, oh, isn't that nice? It's for the kids who, you know, they don't they don't really fit in or they don't play sports or maybe this, maybe that. But that's not the case. I mean, you know, a lot of these kids and I know a lot of wonderful traditional athletes as an example, just to just to use that mm-hmm. that. Uh, example of you know what people may be thinking play basketball baseball soccer and they're really really in to gaming and it's part of a kid will go to basketball practice and you know that night they'll have dinner and you know take a shower or whatever and that's how they'll kind of unwind and you know and communicate with their friends they get their headphones on and they're you know on a team on a team playing some game together that that's like the norm. So if you're not a parent with um, a kid who's maybe between nine and 15 now, um, you may not get that, but that's what's happening every day. Yeah. Um, and I think in, that's in a stigma households. that we grew up with because, you know, that's how it started out. But the video game industry is larger than the movie industry and the music industry combined. Like it's, it's enormous. And like, all you have to do is watch one of these professional esports leagues, and you'll understand this is serious business with serious people. Um, Cloud Nine, uh, and I guess my question is to you know to those who would say, oh, you know, screen time and this and that. Okay, so let's let's have a conversation here. Uh, would you rather have uh, a child sitting in front of a movie where you're basically passive? And yeah, I mean, maybe the movie is good. Maybe it elicits some emotions and that sort of thing uh, in front of a screen uh, watching a two hour movie versus playing something where they're actually engaging and they are thinking and they're improving themselves and they're in this process, a competitive process sometimes, sometimes a creative process. Um, you know, and not every video game is made equally, of course. Some are right. probably better than others, for sure. There's zillions of them out there. But ask that fundamental question. Like, what would you rather your kid doing? And of course, I'm sure there's some kids who there's no screens whatsoever. Well, that's that's a, a tiny, tiny minority. But um, but that's the question I would present to uh, anyone, any parents who would say, oh, screen time is, is bad. Well, we live in a world with a lot of screens. Yeah, so. well, I don't know if you've seen the commercial, but I've known this stat for a while, but they've just recently started putting it out there in commercials. It's uh, something like surgeons make... 30% less mistakes. Uh, video game, Surgeons that play video games make 30% less mistakes than surgeons who don't. So <laughs> you want to make the argument, do you want your child to be a surgeon? Have them play video games. Yeah, and I, I guess the only other thing is if in just in the the whole conversation about kids and you know it being healthy for them and stuff like that, um, the biggest newest thing is virtual reality. Um, and have you ever done that? 
I only put the thing on and I didn't really get to play a game. It was just that I just tried it on. It was like a ski lodge. Yeah, um, that sounds like the quest. Yeah, the quest. Okay. So um, that that's all I experienced and it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, I'm not interested in, in necessarily hopping into Zuckerberg's uh, uh, universe. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's Zuckerberg. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Don't talk about my stuff. <laughs> Don't talk about my stuff. I got you. Um, you know, but uh, I'm not interested necessarily in, in jumping into it, but uh, I don't know how much of a choice that we have, but uh, but clearly people really dig it. And uh, and I see that you have those uh, units. And we have uh, two of them, um, but you need to try it. You have to try it. It's it's unreal. Um, the, I can't even believe the technology exists. It's it blew my mind when I put on a Quest headset. But um, talk about future of esports. That's the future of esports. It's also probably the future of sports because, like you, I you will be out of breath playing these games in minutes. Like there's a game called Thrill the Fight. It's a boxing game, and it's like very accurate. You know, after two rounds, you're dead. And you're like, I can't even do this anymore. And then I don't know if you've seen um, Ender's Game or Red Ender's Game. No, no. Okay, so that's, you know, great book, great movie. And they have, like, a sport where you are in this, like, uh, gravity-free circle dome, whatever. And there's, like, a, a Frisbee that you throw to each other and you have to throw it in the goal. And they made that into a game and it has an esports scene. Is that, is that virtual disc golf? Is that what you're it's, saying? No. Have we gone there? There is have a couple of virtual disc golf games. They have all disappointed <laughs> me so far, but this game's really cool. Um, it's called. You know, the problem VR. is you're a disc golf purist. That's your problem. Brian, I came from, I, uh, <laughs> I came from ultimate. I came from ultimate and uh, you know, it, it's a big transition. I hated disc golf when I first held one in my hand. Cause they're like this big compared to a regular disc. But uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to a real good <laughs> VR disc golf game. Hey, there's an opportunity out there. There's a niche. Yeah, that's my <laughs> there's next a, project. There's a, there's a hole in the market, <laughs> right for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. So that is. These are great points because you know that you know again those who say, oh well, uh, you know they're just sitting there on their video games and they're you know getting you know just eating popcorn and and you know not doing anything physical well that's not true and i think you know it's interesting how far we've come in video games i mean it really wasn't that far that long ago when you know we were excited about the nintendo wii and, right oh we can swing the arm or uh you know we can bowl and we can do you know and actually some of that was actually pretty good and and of course uh, all the nursing homes were really into it too you know with, <laughs> yeah you know and for their rehab department and such but what we've come from since then um, is leaps and bounds. That's not even, it's, it's just beyond that. Uh, so there's real, real physical activity going on virtually. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, Ryan, a great pleasure. I wish you the very, very best. Um, so I wish you the best with the city of Pittsfield. If you have to, <laughs> I will need a little bit of luck, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Don't drop my name, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, I, I think this is amazing. Um, I, I love the energy that, you know, and the kids, like they just love it. They love it. I mean, why wouldn't they, um, they get to uh, project their own worlds. They get to compete. They get to do a lot. 
um, and especially in the virtual aspect. Uh, so I think that's obviously a huge growing aspect. And uh, so real quickly, do you, so Roblox, no Roblox. Are you into Roblox? I'm not into Roblox. Um, and I don't even think we have it at the lounge, but we could get it if there's a demand for it. Okay. So uh, how about, uh, you've heard of Adopt Me. I have a list here. Adopt Me? Or... Um, <laughs> Among us, among us, um, yeah, we have that. I know what that is. There's an adopt me, I think. I don't, I, I'm gonna Google that one. I've uh, <laughs> steeped in the gaming community, I've never heard of adopt me. The game that sounds tragic. Uh, Piggy, have you played heard of Piggy? No, no, you have <laughs> okay. Um, Brookhaven, you must have heard of Brook, you know, no. Wild West. Well, Wild West is uh, so these are all games in Roblox. Okay. And then, oh, okay. I was, yeah, they were just making the stuff up at this point. <laughs> these are all just bullshit games. Oh my God. I can't wait for Adopt Me too. <laughs> Parents didn't work out. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I love it. I love it. So, um, all right, my man. Um, I don't know. What these things. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny. Um, so, all right. Well, you keep up the good work. Good seeing you. Thank you for the t-shirt, by the way. Yeah, I, no got, problem. I got a boosted t-shirt and I'm going to be wearing this proudly, uh, around town. And, uh, and, uh, I'm going to come, I'm going to bring my kids. So do it. All right, my man. Appreciate the interview. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the John Crow podcast on your platform of choice. Maybe it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever works for you. Also, I would like to hear from you on the people and the stories that you'd like to hear more of. Send me a note through Facebook Messenger, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm easy to find and I'm easy to reach. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you'd like to support the podcast for less than a cup of coffee, and I'm not talking about the cost of a large latte at a fancy coffee shop, no, more like a McDonald's coffee, go into the description of this episode and scroll down to the anchor.fm link. It's right there. Just click it and you can see your options or log on to anchor.fm backslash John hyphen Kroll backslash support. Again, thank you for listening. I'm John Kroll. Talk to you soon. Thank you.